0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm so excited to be sitting down with Caroline Crawford Patterson. She is a wedding content creator and designer. Thank you so much for being with us
1: today. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. I watch the clips on TikTok. I listen to the podcast. So I'm so honored to be on. And I'm a fan of yours too. I was just saying
0: that I've been following your TikTok since before you got married for all of your tips. I was like, look, at all of the dresses that you were choosing for your bachelorette party so like I know it all (laughs) so tell us like how did you get into like was it first when you were planning your wedding that you started content creating or like what was that journey like
1: if I'm being honest with you I didn't really ever want to do TikTok as something that I was like um being like original on or so on and so forth I wanted a creative outlet but I am the oldest of all my sisters, and TikTok was just, like, this app for dancing. Yes. And I'm like, this is, like, that's not something that is going to work for me. Um, And so when I posted my first TikTok, it was because I was working on wedding planning stuff, and... I have a hard time holding myself accountable for like finishing projects and I needed to finish these projects. Like I needed to finish my bridesmaid p- proposals and all these things. I was super excited about my ideas. So I wanted to make sure I finished them and I wanted to be able to like talk about them, but I couldn't talk about them to like my bridesmaids because it was like a surprise. So I filmed like a little documentary or thought process style thing of me putting together stuff for my wedding and I just put it out there. But in my mind, it was like putting something into the oblivion. Like I didn't know anybody that was on TikTok. Like I was the only person of Mm -hmm. my friends that was on the app. I'm like, no one I know would ever see this. And it's just this huge app of people dancing. So mine's just going to be this like personal little page where I can go back and show my friends. This is what I did, et cetera. Um, and it kind of blew up and I was like, wait, <laughs> I was like, what do I do
0: now? Yeah. And so did you start like documenting your whole
1: like wedding process? Yeah. Once I realized that TikTok was going to be way more than just like a place for memes and dances and stuff like that, I really went headfirst into it. I loved the idea of like, and we had, ju- we were just discussing this, um, In 2020, I don't think that anyone was getting a lot of like wedding inspiration, myself Mm -hmm. included, utilizing a lot of Google and research and just hours and hours online. I realized that all of a sudden there was this opportunity to talk to a lot of other people getting married, Mm -hmm. to bounce ideas off of, um, to ask questions to, to share stuff that I'd spent way too long putting Excel (laughs) sheets together on. um, And also for the personal purpose which was like holding myself accountable for completing diy things and stuff like that
0: yeah we were just saying like when i got got married in 2019 and there was like nothing on instagram there was like just pinterest and like photos and things to get inspired by but they all kind of like look the same i had no idea like you know where to find a wedding planner like how much things were gonna cost like when I got my dress I was like oh it's a thousand dollars for
1: alterations like what no one one tells you you that in the bridal salon yeah but like that's the after you've already purchased your dress yeah you know like the dress comes in yeah and they're like okay so we recommend you go to this alteration specialist it'll be about a thousand dollars yeah and you're like wait because like maybe I would have budgeted that in yeah when I bought the dress like I don't know and at that point it's kind of a lost cause you do what you have to do (laughs) but yeah it's crazy so when did this you know be like a
0: like start as like a fun thing on the side that you were doing turn into like your full-time
1: job so it's a piecemeal story which I think is honestly the best way it could have happened for me because I'm somebody that crave stability and I've been talking a lot about this recently with like other women in my life it is really difficult when you grow up very aware like of the world and of society and you know that you're smart and you want to always be able to provide for yourself and stability especially in a job is like very important it's hard to take a leap of faith into something creative or that you that might not pay off yeah when you know that the downside the risk is that you might not be able to provide yourself with that stability if you need to e- even if you're in a relationship and it's like the idea that you should always be able to provide for yourself mm-hmm. there are a thousand reasons and so i had been wanting to leave my job for a while and i was What wasn't, were you doing before? I was in investment banking. Okay, so very different. Yeah, so very different. <laughs> um I, I was I've always been good at math so i was fine at what i did but i was bad at what i did because i hated the environment and that made all the difference f- for me. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't getting any job interviews because of COVID. Yeah. Everyone was on a hiring freeze and I just felt so stuck. And, um, I feel like I, I maybe could have left a little bit earlier or maybe I could have left later. Or maybe it was a combination of me really needing to leave my current job, but it was a lot of conversations with people in my life about how you can't put two feet into something until you take that last foot out of what's already draining you. Mm-hmm. So I think that I continued to set achievements in my head. Once I reach this, I'll quit my job. Once I reach this, I quit, I'll i quit my job. It just was continuous and I was never leaving. Right. Um, I remember feeling so conflicted about this and I was on the way to my bachelorette party, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, my now husband was driving me to the airport and I'm about to get out of the car and he's like, listen, I know that you, like, have this drive to always be able to make sure that something's going to pan out. But, like, I just want to let you know that, like, when you get back, like, you have my 100% support to just leave your job, wipe your hands, walk away, and put everything into this. And I know that you'll make it work. And if it doesn't work, you'll find something else because I know you're capable of turning it into something good no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of when I walked away.
0: And that's like literally the scariest moment when yeah. you're like, I know I can't do both because you're not giving all to your job and you're not giving all to like your creative yeah. outlet. But it it's a scary, scary leap of faith to take when you're terrifying juggling both. But it seems to have worked I, out really well. <laughs>
1: I think there was a great lesson for yeah. me that was like, work as a team, like with your partner, because I... One thing that I was looking at backwards was that I was in a situation of privilege instead of like a situation of conflict where I was thinking like, if I have to rely on him financially for X amount of time, like that's something that scares me, even though he's 100%, you know, willing to do it, in fact, offering it. Mm -hmm. I just, it went against my like internal pull. And I had to switch my perspective to say like, actually not everybody has somebody that they could rely on for like six months or whatever while Mm -hmm. they're trying to see if something takes off. And I'm in a privileged situation to be able to have that. And so that was a big learning lesson for me and like to work as a team in that capacity because it has definitely paid off
0: going back to like your
1: content creation on tiktok
0: um so you were documenting your whole wedding um did you feel like any sort of like pressure to have like the perfect wedding ever yeah (laughs) Um,
1: that was unintentional and it definitely happened like i said there was no really like wedding tiktok when this all started and then by the time i got married that had totally changed Mm -hmm. um Yes, I do feel like there are some things I would have done differently up front if I had known that that like was going to be the case. Like I never got a videographer. Yeah. And now I'm like my whole life is on TikTok. Yeah. Why don't I have a videographer? But at the time, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that that was going to be the case. So I never budgeted for one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there was cutting down to the wire. I was like, I, I... I knew what I wanted. Yeah. I was like, I was really willing to put in a lot of time and a lot of energy to make sure that everything panned out the way that I visualized because I did have this pressure in the back of my mind that was like, I've shared all these ideas. Like I I have to show how they turned out. Right. So mistakes aren't really like in the cards here, but luckily um, I had like a great support system for that. And John operates the same way like he was like work as hard as you possibly can so that when it's time to just wash your hands of everything and enjoy the weekend like there's no there's no voice in the back of your head that's like oh if I'd taken five extra minutes to do this oh if I'd worked a little harder on this oh, if you know I'd thought about this because there's so much stress when it comes to like your wedding day and like I can't imagine like having to like document it properly or like (laughs) well my whole my entire thing from the beginning I am sure we've all heard this, but when, when we were younger, like people would be like, the bigger the ring, like, you know, the shorter the marriage or like (sighs) anyone that cares about a big wedding, it cares about the wrong thing. Like, I don't know if that's just a Southern thing, but people used to say that to me all the time. And I just felt like, what a weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. But I was really conscious to be like, I know the purpose of this. Like I'm allowed to like be invested in jewelry and be invested in the planning process and be invested in the outcome and it still be for the right reasons. So the whole time I was like, every single decision was about being intentional so that when that weekend came, we could fully enjoy it. And I think that's why the pressure was there because I knew that sacrificing the enjoyment of that weekend was not an option or in order to get the content.
0: Right. Do you have like... Three, like, do's and don'ts for someone who's, like, starting their
1: wedding planning journey. Three do's and don'ts. I think for your wedding dress, only go shopping with your safe people. So, like, don't go shopping with anybody you wouldn't normally go shopping with. (laughs) Like, the first time you try on wedding dresses is incredibly overwhelming. You either hate them all or you like them all. Because Mm -hmm. you've never seen yourself in a wedding dress before. Like, I don't care if you've gone to a hundred red carpet events. It's different. Mm -hmm. So only go with your safe people and someone that's a good shopping advocate. Don't, you don't want to get pushed into anything. You don't have to buy it. I found my dress the first time, but I still didn't buy it for like a month and a half later Mm -hmm. because I just kept dreaming about it and it started to like fit into my visions for everything else. And I was like, oh, it is the one, um, I definitely would say this is a, this is, um, kind of like a hot topic, but if you know you're getting married, and you're like planning an engagement, it's okay to book things before you're engaged. And I just want to like I work clear, with a lot of yeah.
0: clients who aren't engaged yet, but have booked venues. I just want to <laughs>
1: clear that up. Like I did it and I asked the vendors, I was like, I'm so sorry that I'm doing this, you know, before I'm engaged. And they were they were like, you, you know people that have done this and they would never tell you. Yeah. Like I've booked people that you know, and they would just never tell you that they also did this. And I'm like, how crazy is that? Because it was such an internal battle for me to be like, how embarrassing to like book before I'm engaged. Meanwhile, everyone's out here doing it. They just don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everybody, but that was the case for us. Interesting. And it worked and it relieved a lot of the stress of planning. I do have to say. Because
0: you're like, I have my venue, I have my date, which are like the two biggest things.
1: And like planning a day is very difficult. We had to plan around a bunch of different like family events and so i needed to book it very far out because i i I wasn't in the position where i could say what do you have available yeah i needed to say like oh i need this date yeah so i would say it's okay to book things you know Mm -hmm. before you're engaged and i think the other one in a wedding wardrobe capacity if you find something that you love and it makes you immediately feel like that feeling of getting married or that process buy it, save it and you'll use it because the rule of thumb where like once you're looking for something you can't ever find, find it, it. Yeah, it fully applies within the wedding planning process and it hits harder <laughs> because you're not going to have another opportunity mm-hmm. to find that thing that you love. So if you find something you love, buy it and save it. There's nothing wrong with it and it actually helps with budgeting because you're spending like less at one time at one time. Yeah. <laughs> any don'ts yeah any don'ts I would say don't let anybody do anything that would make you do anything you don't want to do first of all but there's a nice way like of going about it um a don't that's also controversial that I did is don't go on your honeymoon the day after the wedding like you're so tired (laughs) I like even if I had waited two more days I would have been better mm-hmm. and I think I would have enjoyed like where I was at more.
0: I think that one thing, at least that happened to me and I don't think anyone
1: talks about it is
0: like the day after my wedding, I was so depressed. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, what? It's over. I was planning all of this and like it's over and now what? So I think it is yeah. good to like
1: have a honeymoon to like look forward, forward to. to. I've heard that yeah. too. Like I have friends that have waited and they love looking forward to it. Yeah. And I just didn't feel good like my stomach hurt yeah I was like endlessly hung over yeah. Like, oh, yeah I had bags under my eyes I like my face was puffy and like wh- all those things come to a head and then you're just like I just want to be in my bed and mm-hmm. it takes away from you being able to like be present like on this great trip that you're on and you probably both feel that way so you're probably both just relaxing and sleeping but if you're going somewhere that you've really looked forward to going to for a long time sometimes like it is better to wait where did you guys go we went to tulum but we were planning on going doing like a tour of europe um but this was we got married in 2021 everything was still closed
0: um, so switching gears a little bit, because we are an engagement ring and yes. jewelry company, I'd love to hear the story behind your ring and your proposal. Like, yeah. did you help design it? Like, how so was the I process? I fully designed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no stigma around that either, because no. most of our couples work together. But I yeah. think there are some people that are like, oh, I don't know if it's like the right thing to do. Kind of like booking the venue,
1: like if I should be involved or not. You have to live with these decisions for the rest of your life. I just feel like it's so crazy that... Everyone is like, is this okay to do? Like, it's okay to do if it makes your heart happy, I think. But my ring, um, the most romantic part of, like, the engagement process for us was the first time we went ring shopping. Mm-hmm. Like, and not for the wrong reasons, but, like, it was more exciting than the proposal. <laughs> because I knew the proposal... Because coming. Like,
0: that's like the first thing, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, this was... This was the thing that made it real. Like, walking in there with him and, like, asking to try on rings and neither of you know anything. So, did you know what you
0: wanted before you started trying on? Like, had you, like, looked on thing things online? Yeah,
1: I kind of knew what I wanted. Um, I think another tip of mine is to have a, as much as possible an open mind about everything you do because... What you see on somebody else that you like, whether it's a ring or a dress, is because they picked the perfect thing for them. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing like the larger picture of them picking something that fits them perfectly. So we love it because it looks just so perfect on them. And so we have to have that grace with finding the perfect thing for us. So I kind of thought I wanted a an novel, and... That was like as far as it went, but I tried on every other cut. Mm-hmm. And I also liked elongated emerald and John liked a round and I'm like, oh, this is not gonna look good on me. <laughs> and I tried it on and he was like, oh yeah. <laughs> like you, were, <laughs> you were right. I mean, he's like, anything looks good, but I see what you mean. Um, but that day was so honestly like surreal and romantic just to be like, we're really like about to do this. And from there, I think we tried on rings a few more times And I started sketching my, like, CAD for the ring. And then he found a jeweler to make the ring from scratch. And one thing that's interesting about the ring is that you really, if you do it together, you both get to know so much about it. Like, he's very invested in, like, the specs of... Right. Most men are, Right. And then there were just the things of, like, is your band, like, three-eighths or four-eighths? and (laughs) A big do is to try on engagement bands when you try on engagement rings because you don't need to. Like wedding out, bands. Right. Like yeah. you don't need to know exactly what you want, but you do need to know the style you want because it does determine how high or low yep. the ring is set. And so many people have to get it reset once yep. they find the band because. They didn't think about Yep, everyone's like, I want to set it as low to my finger as possible. And I'm like, well,
0: think about, are you going to wear a wedding band with this? Yeah. Like, or not. I have to wear wedding bands on my other hand because my ring's set too low. low.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that happens all the time. And so I was happy that I did that. Like, I spent a lot of energy um, with my setting Mm -hmm. because I kind of knew what type of band or bands I wanted. Um, And that's, like, the larger picture because you're wearing that for... The rest of your life. So
0: even though you designed it together, was the proposal a surprise or did you know about it?
1: The proposal was a surprise, but it got canceled a few times because <laughs> of COVID. Um, so I think at a certain point, and that's really when we were like planning our wedding, because we had a conversation. He was like, I don't want to take away making this very special just to like do it. Because I know we've already talked about what time of year works for us to get married. And that's when and he's like booked the venue. Yeah yeah he's like let's just start planning Mm -hmm. so it relieved pressure from him and it relieved like maybe like my thing where I would have been like we shouldn't have talked about getting married next year if the proposal was going to be like all the way at the end of this year or whatever it was the best decision that we could have made because it sort of like let everything be the way that it needed to be the proposal was a surprise it originally was supposed to happen in a garden and then like my family everyone was supposed to been there as a surprise, and then we were gonna like fly to Paris that night. Oh, nice. and so that got canceled be- when yeah. COVID hit. Um, we were getting engaged, I think, like a month after COVID hit. Oh, wow! So that was it, took a while to kind of re rig. Um, and then there was one weekend he was going to propose, and then his grandmother passed away, uh-huh. so that was super unfortunate and sad. And I think on, like, the fourth time, my mom and his mom were like... The fourth you, time. You got to just do it. Yeah. Like, I think there was a time when we were at my parents' house and my sister was graduating. I am I might... Someone's going to call me later and be like, you're so wrong about this. Um, And I think my mom pulled him aside and was like, I think you should just do it today. Do you have the ring on you? <laughs> on your sister's graduation. Yes. And he was like, are you literally crazy? <laughs> and she's like, you're waiting too long. And his mom is like, you're waiting too long. Like, you got to just... And I think he just wanted it to be so perfect. But when it did happen, it was definitely a surprise. He knows me very well. And I like walked myself into the trap. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. So with that, we're going to switch and play like a little diamond
0: engagement ring game. Okay. So fun. Hey, everyone. Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. So we're going to play a little diamond game where we're going to rate engagement rings from 1 to 10. Okay, It's your personal preference, 1 being your least favorite, 10 being your most, and why. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna start with this one. It's a five carat emerald cut, set with tapered baguettes and a platinum
1: ring. Wait, that's so pretty. <laughs> okay. And yeah, you can try them on. This is like, this is like definitely like an eight. I need to take mine off so I can actually put it on. <laughs> this is definitely an eight because I love how clean it is. Mm-hmm. Anything like that's clean, I love. It's like step-cut facet. Yes. I love how clean it is. I love this cut. And the only thing that would make it better for me is if, like, the band was a gold band because it just works better with my skin tone. Mm-hmm. But I definitely give this an A, and I love how clean it is.
0: Okay, perfect. Eight I love. 10. The next one is a 5-carat modern cushion cut. Okay. This one's set on a rose gold band with a hidden halo. Ooh,
1: Okay, this is gorgeous. All right, I'm giving this one. Well, it actually looks better on my finger than I thought it would. Yeah, rose gold. I know. Um, Okay, I think this is a seven because I like a more like elongated thing, but I love the gold and I love the hidden halo. Mm -hmm. And I love how it just like reflects through so you can't even see like the band underneath.
0: Yeah, it's a crushed ice facet. Right.
1: Okay, so the crushed ice faceting yeah. makes that better. So
0: this is the 7 out of okay. 10. Next is also a cushion, but this is an antique cushion. Okay. It's an old mine cut. It's set in an antique platinum setting.
1: Ooh, that is gorgeous. Okay.
0: It's a more vintage It is like. more.
1: I'm going to give this one, like... A 6.75. Okay. Because I like a more, I like a more modern so I can play with the band more. Okay. Like I like to get vintage with the band or do something super exciting with the band. But that's why I like the clean mm-hmm. cut. But this is, the cut on this is gorgeous.
0: Yeah. It's very unique and like charming. It has big chunky facets.
1: I love the chunky facets. <laughs> okay. So maybe a seven out of 10 for the chunky facets. Okay. I so love it. So we're that. upping it to seven. Yeah, we're upping So it both seven. the cushions
0: are seven. Yeah. Last but not least, we have a 5.3 carat oval on gold band.
1: Okay. This is going to be my favorite because it's the most similar to mine. Okay. Yeah. This is definitely like a 10 out of 10. 10
0: out of (laughs) 10. Yeah.
1: It's so clean and I love like the cathedral setting and I love the facets and I love the shape.
0: Okay, so if you were to take one home with you today, it would be this one. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because then you could do like the coolest bands with it and it's set like a great height. Yeah. Like we were talking about.
0: Yeah, and it's a plain band, so it can go
1: with everything.
0: It can go with everything. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for playing. Do you have like any advice for like a young woman wanting to, you know, start becoming like a content creator, like starting to post,
1: but is like kind of, hesitant or afraid i think everyone i mean there's like the advice it's constantly out there it's like just start posting just start talking like Mm -hmm. that is all 100 true something though that in real time helped me is pretending like i did not know anybody on tiktok yeah (laughs) like i really and i still to this day have to to take that mindset with any social media and while i'm completely aware that like i have you know friends from high school and college and whatever that are following me and like my friends moms or whatever (laughs) I actively choose to believe that that's not a thing yeah still to this day like but don't your like friends or like family like ever comment um, yeah no definitely and that's though has been like a nice byproduct because at first you're just so wrapped up in this idea that what you're doing is embarrassing (laughs) yes and everyone is going to be like sending you like sending each other like your posts and like talking about you like that just is something that we all think about and so you have to actively choose to believe that those people just aren't even there and then eventually they will start like dming you very supportive things and you're like oh i was in my head about that but you can't really escape that fear in the beginning because anything that can hold you back will try to hold you back so that's my tip just Pretend like you don't know anybody <laughs> on like the Like dance like no one's watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well,
0: thank you so much for being with us today. Where can people like follow you, keep up with what's going
1: on? Um, I am on TikTok and Instagram primarily. And on Instagram, I am at Caroline Crawford Patterson. And TikTok, I am still at Caroline J. Crawford because there's a character limit issue. <laughs> so I don't know what to change my name to yet, but <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> one day. You. Thanks so much. Thank you.